Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today I'm very honored and excited to have on the program Dr. Luciana de Michaelis Mendoza. She is a professor in a federal university in Belo Horizonte in Brazil and develops research in the field of sports physical therapy. She has participated in the last four IOC World Conferences on Injury and Illness in Sport with poster and workshop presentations. She was involved in organization of physical therapy services for the Rio 2016 Olympics and Paralympic Games. She was the first female president of the Brazilian Society of Sports Physical Therapy in a country with many restrictions to women's participation in sports and politics. Since 2017, she has been the executive director of the World Physiotherapy Subgroup International Federation of Sports Physical Therapy, or IFSPT, and is now IFSPT's president. She is committed to enhancing the dissemination of sports physiotherapy good practice and knowledge globally and to increase equity in sports physiotherapy. And in today's podcast, we will talk about some of her research into injury prevention and the role of sports physiotherapist in those programs. And of course, we will also talk a lot more about the Fourth World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy, which is happening in Denmark this August 26th and 27th. That's 2022. Um, So if you want to find more information about that, uh, you can click on the link at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com to find out more about the Fourth World Congress of Sports Physiotherapy, again, taking place in Denmark. So uh, we will talk a lot about that, and we will also get a sneak peek of some of Luciana's talks there. She's uh, speaking, and she is moderating, so she's got her hands full for sure. So I want to thank her for coming on the podcast, and everyone enjoy today's episode. Hi, Luciana. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. Hi, Carrie, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it is my pleasure. And now before we get into the meat of our interview, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about you, about your history in sports physical therapy? And as I mentioned, you are the current president of IFSPT, so you can talk a little bit about that as well. So I will hand the mic over to you. Okay, Karen. So I'm from Brazil. I'm a sports physical therapist and I graduated in 2003. So I'm almost 20 years as a physical therapist. And I'm also a professor in a university here in Brazil. I'm based in Belo Horizonte. And um, I started to work uh, since the, as a student in sports team. I, I, I wanted to do physical therapy because of sports. I, I am passionate about it. And I, I started uh, in this political scenario in the Brazilian Society of Sports Physical Therapy. And I started, it was in 2016. It was the year of Rio 2016 Olympic and Paralympic Games. So it was a really big challenge. I also worked in the physical therapy services uh, during the Olympics and Paralympic game here. 
And I started being um, part of the executive board of the IFSPT in 2017. So I learned a lot during uh, the presidency of Anthony Schneiders and then Christian Torborg. And now I have this big challenge to be IFSPT president. So I'm balancing these uh, actions related to IFSPT and also with teaching and also uh, research about sports physical therapy. And my research is mainly direct to injury prevention and also injury risk profile. So I think that's it, Karen. <laughs> Perfect. And can you talk a little bit more about IFSPT and kind of the importance of having these organizations and what they, what they do? What are they there for? Yes, so um, the International Federation of Sports Physiotherapy, it's a subgroup of the World Physiotherapy. That's our main, our mother organization. So as a subgroup, we have to uh, engage countries around the world that have a specific group related to sports physiotherapy to join the IFSPT. So nowadays we have 34 member organizations in uh, the IFSPT. And our main mission is related to disseminate good practices, support research on sports physical therapy, of course, and also promote actions to um, support our members, and the whole community to um, improve the practices uh, around the world. And also it's a good, um, it's an important uh, way to connect with people. So I think the, the most amazing gift that I have uh, being uh, in IFSPT board is to network with people around the world. So it's a really uh, important way to have our professional, our profession organized. And so I probably I will be in the presidency <laughs> For the next four years. That's the plan. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And one of the things that, like you said, uh, as part of the organization is networking. And we'll say this, we'll probably repeat this a couple of times, but the Fourth World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy is coming up August 26, 27th of 2022 in Denmark. And obviously you will be there and you are part of several presentations. Um, but like you said, your research is around uh, injury prevention and assessment in sports, uh, in sports. So can you talk about why the sports physical therapist is an important component of these injury prevention programs or injury reduction programs? Yes, uh, I just want to stress that, yes, the World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy, it's important action that IFSPT also have. We are uh, one of the main organizations, the main subgroups of World Physiotherapy that uh, deliver an international congress. So we had the first one in Bern, the second one Belfast, the third in Vancouver, and now in Nibog in Denmark. So I, I, I went to Belfast, to Vancouver, and now I will be in Nibog for sure. So, um, I'm sorry, Karen, I forgot your question. Oh yeah. No. So my, my question, like <laughs> okay, I said, I remember now. you're doing, you're doing a ton. Um, you'll be doing a ton in Nyberg. Um, 
But one of the things that I know you are talking about is about your research that centers around injury prevention. And something that you're passionate about is that the sports physical therapist should really be involved. So why is that? Yes. So uh, I always thought that the main action as a sports physical therapy in a sports team, of course, uh, I, I should be aware that for me, I need to put all athletes available to the coach, to the head coach to train. So for me, it's, it was always a good sign to have like the physical therapy department empty without athletes there because all athletes should be on the field playing and training. So for me, prevention was always important action that we as physical therapists should be aware of. So I, when I finished my PhD and start to be a teacher in a university here in Brazil, I start to wonder, especially after I started to work in the IFSPT board, I started to wonder if the prevention, the role that the sports physical therapy had in prevention, and I, I, I know that uh, how this works in Brazil, because I was a sports physical therapist in the volleyball team and soccer team, I was wondering if it was like the same, or uh, I was wondering if it should be the same, or if we are here in Brazil were doing like similar things that other professionals uh, did around the world. So I had a sabbatical year in 2020 and I went to Belgium. Uh, to work with Eric Pitro. I, I was there in Ugent, the uh, University of Ghent, as a visiting professor. And we started to develop a survey to understand what role the sports physical therapist had in injury prevention. So I will talk about uh, some of our results. We had Two papers uh, about this survey that were uh, that are published in physical therapy in sports, and this helped me to have a, a sort of idea about the role. And we have really interesting information about this that, of course, I will share here in this podcast and also in the the World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy. And also, we developed a Delphi uh, design to establish a consensus on sports injury prevention programs. So this is also an interesting um, study that we could uh, deliver. And IFSPT participated to, uh, with, in this Delphi study, linking uh, people from uh, different countries. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about this, Karen, and say something that should make people a little bit curious and participate in the Congress in yes. Denmark. Yes. So when can, can you give us a little bit of info? You don't have to give it all away. Of course, people can go and read the, the uh, published papers. But in this, uh, in this study... You had um, how many people? What did you find? How did you do it? So yes, uh, for sure, I, I can share some of uh, of the data that we had. The papers are published, and also you can indicate for your audience. Mm -hmm. I can send you the links. 
Perfect. And it's important. I I, I totally understand, Karen, that uh, sports injury prevention area, we, we need to, to move forward related to research. We need to understand a lot of things. But I think it's interesting to understand what the professionals, what the sports physical therapists are doing, because this can bring up some questions for future research. So uh, on this survey, we, um, uh, we had 414 sports physical therapists participating around the world. So I think we had like people from 32 countries. So I know that the, the amount is not so high, we could have more people participating, but it was delivered in 2020 during the pandemic. <laughs> so this right. is one thing that I, I should stress because yes, we had 32 countries participating, but I, for sure, I expected to have more people there. But we had uh, questions in this online survey that was related, linked to the sequence of prevention that Van Mechelen delivered. And maybe it's the, the most uh, used uh, model or to make decisions about prevention. So we asked if this sports physical therapist participated on injury, uh, sorry, injury registration. It's common here in Brazil, but I, I didn't know mm -hmm. if my colleagues in other countries participating in the injury registration. We also asked if they assessed the athletes to build the prevention program. So if they did, for example, precision assessment, that's the more common way, at least in Brazil. So I was curious about that. And also I, we asked about the prevention program. So if the physios participated in this action or not. So about injury registration, the first thing, this, I think this is an amazing result because uh, we had more than 80% of the sports physical therapists that participate in this study responsible for injury registration. So we can now say that maybe the sports physio are the are the person like more important, more responsible to properly register injury in their sports team. So this bring, brings up a lot of uh, other questions. So for example, uh, maybe we should, IFSPT should deliver some actions to maybe increase the knowledge and maybe the competence on this matter on our community because of of course if we are we are responsible for this we want to do uh, an amazing job so it's it's interesting and it's good also to exchange some experience and learn from uh, good examples so this is really good and we also ask about the main barriers uh, to for sure now register the injuries so more than a half of these physios said that lack of time in their routine was the main factor to not properly register injuries. So maybe we need just to discuss also about the sports physios routine inside the sports team. I think we talk, we should talk more about this, especially in conferences that we can 
get together a lot of professionals from different countries and we can learn from their experience. So can I move forward or you have yes. any comment about military registration? Nope, I think I think that's good. And I, I do like that you said, hey, maybe this is a chance for us to get together, learn from each other, because perhaps there are ways to streamline this that people just haven't yeah. thought of that other people are doing. So you're right. Yes. It's a great opportunity for sports organizations like IFSPT to bring uh, sports physical therapists together and say, well, wait a second, some of you are doing this, but some of you aren't. And if it's a lack of time, what can we do to give you a structure that can streamline your process. Yes, exactly. Right? And it's one thing that can, it needs to be done. We just, we can't like, okay, I'm not going to register injuries because how can I be sure if I'm going to prevent the injuries if I'm not registering? So if you're not so, registering, is it like they didn't happen? Yes. and. <laughs> Another, another thing that is really interesting, what is the injury uh, definition that the sports physical therapists are using? My, in my understanding, we can uh, select different definitions because this maybe rely on the sports modality. But we need to talk more about this. I think we should uh, exchange and learn. And maybe from this, maybe IFSPT can uh, deliver some guidelines. I don't know, because it's one of our missions also to make the, the IFSPT is the main resource for the sports physical therapy community. So I think we should, we, maybe in the future, we are going to have more actions mm -hmm. based on the findings of this mm -hmm. study. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this. Okay, so, so let's move on to preseason assessment. So how yeah, many are so, performing and what are the barriers? I know that this is uh, this uh, topic is a little bit controversial. I know that we have so, a group that thinks that we should assess and another group of sports physio or research thinks that we, sh we don't need to. But our survey uh, shows that 77% of the participants perform precision assessments in their athletes. So 322 sports physical therapists said that they do. This is amazing information. And I didn't expect for this high uh, percentage. Uh, and I was happy because I believe that we should assess our athletes to make the most tailored, mo most amazing tailored prevention program for our athletes. I know that this is a challenge. I totally understand this, but if I think about myself as a sports physical therapy, if, if I'm working in a sports team, I will, like, I will do my best to assess the athletes and try to deliver uh, individualized prevention programs. So, but we have a, like a, a opposite side here because only 30% of these sports physical therapists that do precision assessment customize the prevention program based in the results of the assessment. So this is a point that we need to understand better. We need to understand what is happening. 
why the sports physio uh, give energy to assess the athletes, but they don't apply the results to build the prevention program. So we, we didn't uh, ask like specific questions about this to understand this. We only asked about the barrier. So the main barrier that was indicated to not perform assessment, it was lack of structure and organization of the sports team. So about half of the participants indicated this barrier. I understand, makes sense, but I'm not sure if this barrier explains 100% of the reasons to not perform the precision assessment. And I think maybe this is also relied on the evidence that we have uh, related to this. We have big discussions about injury prediction, probability. So maybe we need to make some advance in research about this topic. And maybe we need to talk more about this to make more like have this issue more clear to everyone, especially the clinician. Because I think, so now it's my opinion, okay? I think we need to assess our athletes. And maybe, maybe even the process of assessment should be discussed. Because if we, if we are here in a round table with sports physiotherapists and we ask how you assess your athletes, which tests do you select? Probably, Karen, we are going to have different answers. So I don't, I'm not sure what this means. It means that we don't have a standard. We don't have like a protocol. Mm -hmm. Should we have a protocol? I don't know. But I, what I know is that we need to talk more about this. Yeah, so I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, I, I'm just like, I just want to say that I was really happy with the the result that the sports fees, the majority is performing a precision assessment, but on contrary, I was, I, I get a little sad to see that not like one third of them are really applying the results to build prevention programs. And yeah, and so I, it brings up a couple of questions for me. And, and that is, have you seen preseason assessments decrease injury are they and again this goes on i think what you just said that sort of uh prediction and probability so if you do a preseason assessment does that predict less injuries i don't know have you uh seen um what, what are your thoughts on that thank you for asking this karen uh, i think uh, preseason assessment the main purpose is not to predict injury. The main purpose is to identify those athletes with more susceptibility or probability to get injury, and then we can act before this happens. I'm not saying that if we perform a precision assessment and base the prevention program on the results, our athletes are not going to get injured. I'm not saying that. Injury are always going to happen mm -hmm. in sports. But we can, for example, decrease the severity. So if I have a, one athlete that I uh, can 
for example, uh, I apply the stars cushion balance test and I see that this athlete have a really low uh, stability, functional stability in the lower limb. So I can include in their prevention program exercise to improve the stability. And maybe he will, he will like have the ankle sprain, but I can decrease the severity. Mm-hmm. So I will decrease the time loss. I will make this athlete more available to the head coach. At the end, that's my reasoning on precision assessment. And I think there is a misconception about this issue also. Right. Because I think, uh, you know, if we're playing devil's advocate, some people may say, well, if the preseason assessment isn't going to eliminate injuries. Why am I, why am I doing it? Right. But like you yeah. said, injuries happen, but if you can decrease the severity, if you can decrease the time that the athlete is spent out of the game, yeah. then that's a win for the team. And it's a win for the coach and the organization. But if only 30%, if, if you have all of these sport physiotherapist doing a preseason assessment, but then only 30% customize the program. Now we have to come up with some incentives for that physiotherapist to customize um, the program for the athlete. And again, that may be, like you said, resources uh, available to them. If it's one person and 50 players, that's, yes. it's difficult. You know, that, that's, a, that, that's quite difficult. But um, I, I can understand how this can be a very frustrating part of research because there's a lot of moving parts and it's not just the sport physiotherapist who has all best intentions in, at, at the heart of, of, of uh, their work. But there's a lot of external factors that need to come into play. But um, I do, I also like your that idea of being on a round table with sport physiotherapists and saying, well, what do you do? What do you do? And maybe, like you said, I don't know if a protocol is right, but maybe some sort of a roadmap where you have some basic assessments and then you have the freedom and the ability to get creative, but to have certain, certain things in there that make sense for that sport. Yes. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, here in Brazil, uh, I have a lot of colleagues and friends that came from the Brazilian Society of Sports Physical Therapy. So we talked a lot and exchanged a lot. So I, 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 I myself, I had my challenges related to really delivering the prevention program that I, I understand that would be like the best thing to do. But of course, this also relies on the relationship with the head coach, the strengthening coach. So it's a lot of factors, variables that we need to understand. And that's, that's really individual. It depends on the context of the, each sports team. So that's what I, when I said that maybe we don't, we will not have like a protocol because it depends mm-hmm. on the sports team reality. But I agree with you that we can give maybe some roadmap to help everyone to organize better, considering the, the context. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah, that's that really opens up a can of worms for people. That being said, let's move on to prevention programs. So what did you find with that? 
Yes. So about the prevention programs, we see that uh, warm up and sessions with the physical therapists were the methods more used to prevent injury. And I think about warm up, this was already expected because it was one roadmap that FIFA 11 Plus mm-hmm. gave to everyone, not only uh, for soccer. We have uh, evidence on basketball, handball players. So FIFA 11 Plus really helped in this, maybe this um, uh, basic organization and how to deliver some preventive action in a more easy and accessible way. So I think it's really interesting that this uh, survey like confirm that warm up, it's a really good strategy to include uh, the prevention program on athletes uh, routine because the athlete will need to warm up. So we have this moment and why not to, uh, instead of make the athlete do like, whatever exercise or just running on the field, why not to be more specific and include exercise that the athletes really need to do based on the sport modality uh, epidemiology. So for example, we know that in soccer, we have a lot of hamstring strain. We have a lot of ankle sprain, knee sprain. So why not to include some monodic exercises, some balance exercise. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really uh, important action that every, all sports physical therapists needs to uh, be engaged and participate. And about the individual uh, sessions with the, the sports physical therapists, it's, it's important also. And then I, I, I really expected some uh, information around this because we know that we have sometimes one athlete that needs a specific exercise that needs to be uh, delivered by the physical therapist. So I was happy to see this because this was the methods more used, more indicated by our participants. And about the barrier, we saw that lack of time in athletes' routine was the main barrier to perform the prevention. This was indicated by 66% of the participants. Of course, I expected this also. Uh, and that's why warm-up is important action because this is already in athlete's routine. We don't need to change the routine to include one more time and period to do the, uh, the exercise related, related to prevention. So again, Karen, I, I don't know if this, only this barrier, only about athletes routine, we can understand why we can't perform injury prevention. And as I said before, I understand the challenges. <laughs> I think it's not easy, but I think it's a wonderful, it's a, a, a wonderful action that sports physical therapists participate. And it's really of course, important for our athletes' health, not only performance, because we have evidence that prevention programs also increase performance, but also I'm, I'm concerned about athletes' uh, health. We need to, of course, help the athlete because no one wants to get injury. So this is really, uh, it was a really important um, information that the survey also indicated. 
And this information helped us to sort of build the questions related to the consensus. That was our second step during my experience in uh, Ghent University with Eric. Right, and so at WCSPT, um, you're gonna show some data about the Delphi consensus. So you don't have to give all that away. People can go to the conference to hear more about that. But if you wanna give a little preview, now's your time. So you, what are the main topics investigated? So uh, about our Delphi, uh, we uh, organized the consensus in, in three parts. So the first part was related to how uh, the physios should plan the prevention programs. So this planning was about the information or the reasoning to develop the injury prevention program. So this is interesting because we have information that, uh, for example, sports physio use the reasoning related to biomechanics or they base the decision only on evidence and injury epidemiology or athlete injury history. So we have this kind of information and result, and this is really uh, brings up some discussions. So I hope that on the conference, I can, we can have this moment to discuss about uh, our information, our data. The second part was about the organization. So how work environment before the implementation, how this affects the delivering the injury prevention programs. And the third one's about the implementation phase that I know that there is a lot of discussion in research. We have specific, we have specific groups uh, of research that really uh, go deep in this uh, matter of implementation. So in this third phase, we identified barriers and facilitators to implement the injury prevention programs and also related to compliance and feasibility. So this is how we organized the Delphi. It was a huge amount of work from all the co-authors that participated in this study. And I'm really happy that we can now say that this is accepted at, in physical therapy in sports journal that we can, we can now really disseminate uh, this information. And I'm really happy to be part of this. Yeah, well, congratulations, because that is a ton of work. And yeah. again, if people want to learn more about this, then you can come to Nyberg, August 26, 27th, the Fourth World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy in Denmark. Um, and I mean, who doesn't want to be in Denmark in the summer, right? I mean, amazing. Yeah, this my, will be my first time in Denmark. So my, I am excited to, of course, know Denmark, but also to meet my friends from sports physical therapy community, specifically yeah. before this, sorry, after this pandemic. Yeah. So I yeah. really miss my friends and I really excited to talk more about injury prevention and show our consensus results and exchange and networking with everyone there. Yeah. And where can people find you if they have questions, if they, you know, we'll have the links to the studies that you mentioned in the show notes. Um, so if people read that and they have questions, where can they find you? 
Yes, Carrie. So I, I am on social media. So I have my Facebook profile, Instagram. Uh, it's with my name, no change at all. And also in Twitter, it's Lulu de Michelis. So you can find me there and we can uh, keep talking about injury prevention, IFSPC. I invite everyone for being like in the World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy. It's in August. So I'm really excited to be there. And I hope to see you there also, Karen. Yeah, I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. And now final question that I ask everyone, knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Good question, Karen. <laughs> so maybe first I would say to my young self, congratulations. You are an amazing woman and you accomplished a lot. For sure, I never thought that I would be where I am now as IFSPT president, working in the federal, the, probably the most important federal university here in Brazil. So I'm really happy. If I could give her some advice, should be be more lighter, less stress, less pressure on yourself, Luciana. <laughs> But at the end, we don't know, Karen, if this increased pressure or stress help in a way me to be here where I am, or if I could go through this path, be more, uh, I don't know, light. I, I mm -hmm. think the word is light. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And, and I love the fact that you said, you know, to, you would congratulate yourself. And I think celebrating wins and celebrating what we do are things that women don't often do, yeah, right? We're we always sort of congratulating others and putting others up, but we never sort of congratulate ourselves and celebrate our wins. And, and I think if I were to go back and tell my younger self something, that would be it. Like stop making yes. yourself smaller so that other people can be bigger. It's a constant exercise. I, I, I didn't accomplish my winnings, my victories so often. But now I can see clearly that I am where I am because I'm good in what I do. So. Perfect. What a way to end the podcast. I think that's great. Um, so again, uh, people can see you live in uh, Nyberg, August 26th and 27th at the Fourth World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy. Um, you we, Again, we'll have the link on the conference and how to sign up. And we certainly encourage everyone to do that. Like you said, what a great way to uh, meet up with colleagues to get some really great information and be in a beautiful place while you do it. Yes, exactly. And on uh, August 25, we are going to have a network session delivered by IFSPT. So we are going to have also this moment to get together and exchange. Perfect. Is there anything else? You know, you're the president. So is there anything else that we missed uh, talking about the conference that you want to let people know is, is also happening? We are going to have an interesting conference because it's going to be, I think, the first uh, World Congress of Sports Physical Therapy that we're going to have specific moments to do sports. <laughs> It's in the program. So we are going to have these more serious moments to talk more about our practices and research, but also 
light moments to practice sports and be more friendly there. Yeah. So basically bring your workout clothes is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. And I don't think I mentioned that uh, when I spoke to KT. So I'll be mentioning that moving forward that bring your sneakers, bring your workout clothes, the traditional, um, uh, well here in the U S for whatever reason, people like always wear suits to these things. <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't worry about the suits, but definitely bring your workout gear. Yes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, Luciana, thank you so much for taking the time out today and coming on to the podcast to talk about all the great stuff you're doing. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Karen. Thank you so much. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.